Welcome to Coaching Carrie, the podcast where two lawyers turned life and leadership coaches rewatch Sex and the City and can't help but wonder, how would Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha's lives have been different if they just had a coach to help them along? Becky, um, Evan, my husband, is actually one of the biggest advocates I know for the position that Sex in the City is not just a show for women. Okay. And um, this episode is a really big reason for his feelings. <laughs> okay. So I've watched this episode with him a few times, and I can tell you that every single time we see Charlotte in bed with her new guy and he is screaming <laughs> at her, Evan goes completely bananas. <laughs> And he's like, Evan's one of these guys who like loves to hear the same joke over and over again. Evan's a that's what she said guy, right? I mean, I hear it like, I feel like 10 times a day. But he loves that this joke comes up over and over and over again. And it's almost like every time it happens, it becomes funnier and funnier to him. (laughs) So by the episode, he's just like, I don't know why more guys don't watch this show. It's so (laughs) funny. (laughs) Ah, Evan. (laughs) Well, this episode, I'm going to tell you, like, my summary is pretty short. I had a hard time with coaching questions. But I think there's some stuff here that we can talk about. So let's jump into season three, episode six, titled Are We Sluts? And it aired on July 16th, 2000. And this episode is all about the number of men that these women have slept with and whether there's a point where they cross from being happily single and enjoying it to being sluts, which makes me want to stop right there, but I won't. And so let's talk about our various friends. We'll start with Carrie and Aiden. You remember she met Aiden last episode and she, at this point, they've been hanging out for about a month, I think it is maybe a week, I can't remember now. Um, But she wants to consummate the relationship. And (laughs) they haven't yet. And she's not happy about it. And Oh, yeah, it's their fourth date. Their fourth date. Yeah, it's their fourth date. And so God bless America, she asks him point blank why he doesn't want to sleep with her. Like, just asks, doesn't spin about it for I mean, she does talk to the girls about it first, but doesn't spin about it for like lengthy amount of time. Doesn't freak out about it doesn't throw any fast food against the wall, just asks the question. And he says he does want to sleep with her, but he's played the game that way and he's still single. So he's trying the new thing, which is sleep with someone that he cares about. And he thinks he could care about her, but he wants to date first. She then decides that maybe she's still going to be worried that they're verging, as Samantha says, into the territory of friendship. Because according to her, there's only two choices. You're either sleeping together or friends, which I have questions about. But on their next date, wherein he has actually come inside with takeout food, and she is weighing every little thing he does and says, and putting it into the friend or boyfriend column, he then goes into the bathroom for a lengthy period of time. And she decides to call Charlotte and get her to weigh in on this in the world's smallest apartment, which doesn't seem advisable. But she's whispering on the phone with Charlotte, and he calls her into the bathroom. And he's drawn her a bath complete with candles and unclear if the music is in the bathroom or just in the soundtrack of the show. But there's opera playing and tells her that he's heading out, but he wanted to do that for her, which I think is like a super sweet gesture. She ultimately convinces him to join her in the bathtub and then says, well, now what happens? And he says, oh, forget it. Let's just have sex. And she says, no, I'm like now on board totally with your plan. 
all of a sudden to take it slow. So they go out on another date later in the episode to a blues club and he, it turns out, has made plans for his dog Pete to be cared for so he can stay the night. And Carrie's a little nervous about the hookup because it might mean something. There's a robber in Samantha's building, meanwhile. <laughs> he got in. He got in because... I just love it. you just said, there's a robber. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. He got in because he tailgated her a late night date. <laughs> Apparently, the old ladies, which are the only people who live in her building, confront her in the elevator and says she always runs into her in the elevator with a different man. Cue a montage of Samantha in the elevator with different men. One of whom appears to be like... Phil Spector? Yeah, I I don't even... (laughs) Whatever. Anyway. (laughs) Then her judgy neighbors tell her she's bad for the building. And she says she's considering moving out of her east side rent-controlled apartment, which she ultimately does down to the meatpacking district, which seems like a better fit for her anyway, like just cooler and trendier and whatever more interesting than where she had been previously. So Charlotte has found a new man. This is an investment banker named Alexander, who every time he comes, which he now can because they're on their third date, he unleashes a delightful string of expletives. <laughs> For some reason, this leads Charlotte to conclude that she might actually be a whore. I don't really understand how she goes right from him, like clearly in the moment saying shit that he has no clue what he's saying <laughs> to this is actually a commentary on her. She ultimately confronts him about it. And it turns out he doesn't even realize that he's doing it, which initially leads to her blowing it off until it happens again. And then she says, no, no, that, what you just said right there. And then she has to repeat it to him. And he agrees that it's a terrible thing to say, but clarifies that he doesn't think that about her and promises never to say it again, except that he can't never say it again. So they stop seeing each other and he starts seeing a therapist. Miranda has won the random STT testing lottery at her gynecologist's (laughs) office, wherein she learns that she has the clap. Side note, the library at my college was named after a family with the last name, Clap. And you should know that (laughs) that led to many, many, many chlamydia jokes in college. Okay. So she then has to tell Steve that she has it and encourages him to get tested. He doesn't want to get tested because he hates doctors. He goes and gets tested and turns out he doesn't have it and still hates doctors, possibly even more because they've now had to swab inside of his penis. Meanwhile, she takes inventory of all of her partners and endeavors to call all or many of them, including my favorite other legal person on the show, (laughs) Angry David, who it turns out recently tested positive and possibly is the one who gave it to Miranda or possibly not, unclear. As Miranda and Steve debrief from his doctor's appointment, they get into the conversation of what, you know, what is their number? And Miranda feels like her number is too high. Eventually, he cajoles her into telling it. Turns out it's 42, and it turns out Steve's is much higher because, well, he's a bartender and he's cute. And that is the gist of this episode. Well, I just wanted to point out a couple of things that are completely wild about this episode. Number one, basically every outfit that Carrie wears on her dates with Aiden is psychotic. (laughs) Well, she's trying to bring on her inner Vermont. I, I, she's failing. If she's trying for <laughs> Vermont, she is utterly failing. What did I write down here? I actually want to find my note about this. Oh, okay. Carrie's squiggly see-through dress with the ruffle is 
wild. Yes. It's a white bikini with a cover-up as a whole outfit. Yes. Legitimately. Yes. Like, she is just wearing a white bikini with a cover-up. And yes. it's so bizarre. At the beginning of the episode, she's wearing some sort of, like, multi-shaped, multi-colored, bedazzled skirt. Yes. That's insane. The Technicolor dream coat comes back for a revival. Yes. It's wild. Also, the background music of this episode is probably my favorite of the entire series with that, like, Tarzan. Oh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Over and over and over again, particularly when the doctor is about to insert a Q-tip into Steve's penis. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> well, and so I have a, like a Sex in the City a trivia question for you. Okay. Because I don't know the answer and I couldn't do the research. Do Steve and Miranda at any point in any episode ever own an aquarium hmm. that you remember? I mean, look, it doesn't really matter. Not that I know of. Because when they're having the numbers conversation, I invite you and listeners to go and just watch in slow-mo what book he is reading. <laughs> So, like, someone on set had some sort of, like, aquarium. It's like an aquarium owner's guide. Wait, at that point, does he still have his own? No, he's moved in by then, isn't he? Yes. Maybe he's considering an aquarium. (laughs) Considering (laughs) aquarium ownership. I don't know. It just struck me as so funny that they're, and he's clearly not really reading, right? I mean, the whole point is he's supposed to be in bed, quote unquote, reading, but then they get involved in this conversation. Right. But he was learning about aquariums. That's all. I just wanted you to know. (laughs) I mean, like, where in the hell would they put an aquarium if they had? That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, and it looks like a, I mean, in order to need a guide to owning aquariums, you're talking about like no small aquarium. And like right, tropical like fish and like complicated aquariums, which just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a thing in New York City. But I mean, I'm sure people have them. I just, yeah, anyway. It's a lot. So, I mean, where I went with the coaching questions in this episode is frankly sort of in an effort to move away from the notion that the number of sex partners should be anything that anyone gets judged for. Thank you. I thought it would be useful to talk a little bit about sex. And so I have some questions for all of the girls about sex. And the first question is, what does sex mean to you? Yeah. We kind of touched on this back in the episode with the alcoholic where he just thinks that Carrie's a sex goddess. And so I think the question that you asked then was like, how important or how valuable is sex to you? But yeah, I mean, this show kind of fascinatingly goes back and forth about like how important sex is. I mean – It's called Sex in the City. Mm -hmm. We're already getting criticism of the new series that it doesn't have enough sex. Like Sex in the City (laughs) is supposed to have all the sex. Yep. But then there are these little interludes like we have here where the show kind of posits that it's reasonable and even desirable to have sex mean something more than, you know, P meets V or, you know, V meets V or P meets P or whatever parts meet. You know, there are times when the show says like, hey, it might be okay or even great to value sex more than that. So yeah, I mean, 
And they're each in very different places right now. Yeah. Well, and that's why I liked this question, because I think that the actual only right answer to this question is that it totally depends, right? Mm -hmm. It depends on who you are and where you are and who you're with, right? Yeah. But I think actually taking the time before, during, and after maybe, I don't know, during might be a hard ask, but like to really take (laughs) stock of like, what is this about? that we're doing here. Is it a physical act? Is it an emotional act? Is it intimacy? Is it not all that intimate? Is it, you know, is it about my needs, their needs, our needs? What's actually happening here? And really naming it and claiming it and owning it. I think that's, to me, what's missing from this episode, right? I mean, they hint at it, but then you have Charlotte, who's sleeping with Alexander, it seems like, I mean, not that she's not interested, but it seems like it's just, oh, well, we've crossed the three-date threshold. It's time to have sex. Yeah, because we're still kind of working on the rules with her, right? We're still looking for a good on paper guy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as we're kind of talking this through, I'm thinking more about the fact that maybe like the central conceit of all of the women's relationships throughout this series, like the central conceit is sex is important. Like, I'm not sure that there's ever a romantic relationship in the series where sex is less important or unimportant. Right. And... That is actually leaving out a very, like, there are relationships that work perfectly well that either are sexless, let's say we'll call them asexual rather than sexless, which has a pejorative, yes. you know, kind of yep. cast to it, or just don't emphasize sex. Well, and so, like, as usual, you've led into my second sex-based question, yes. which is... It's Becky coaching question bingo. If I can do this, yes. I get the prize. <laughs> so, which is, what else defines a romantic relationship besides sex? Yeah. I mean, it sort of seems, like I said, like, Samantha's got two categories, friend or we're having sex. Yeah. I mean, is that really all the categories, even in her world? And then... For Carrie, I mean, I think she does have this reminder that, oh, wait, there is more to developing a relationship than simply having sex. Mm -hmm. And she sort of gets to explore a little bit of what that looks like with Aiden. And he seems like a little bit of a romantic at heart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. softer in many ways than Big's character has been to date. And so for her to have that experience, I think, is important. So, yeah. That's my question. What else is going on that makes it a romantic relationship other than sex? Yeah. And what do you want else to be going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, we are very, like, as you pointed out, everybody has kind of a formula in this series at this point. Yep. I mean, Charlotte's got her three dates, which I think it's come down a bit since season one. <laughs> I think it's season yeah. one, it was like five, and now it's we're at three. Samantha is like binary on or off. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carrie's like, if we're not having sex, you don't actually like me. And if we're recalling a, a, an earlier episode, Miranda is, if a guy doesn't want to have sex with me, I'm ugly. <laughs> right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> so everyone's kind of got a formula that they're sticking with without a lot of reflection. And the other stuff is just like window dressing. Like it happens. Like they go out on dates. You know, Carrie went to a blues club, which I was like, really? That is a surprise. This is the first time I've watched this episode that I noticed that they went to a blues club. Blues club. Yep. But like, so is part of your romantic relationship that you want within that relationship to experience new things? Or to... Right. That you go on adventures together, that you try new experiences, that you, you know, support each other's crazy dreams. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Or like, like she said in that moment when she's like categorizing everything, like he kisses like my boyfriend, but he's teasing me like my friend. Well, maybe you want that in a real, I mean, I, that's something that I like about my romantic relationship is that we have a friendship and yeah. that we do tease each other. Like that actually, I wouldn't want to have a romantic relationship without that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I think that like Charlotte might, you know, dissolve into a puddle if her romantic partner was teasing her. Right. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Unless it's done very artfully and carefully and in ways that only certain people can to be seen later. (laughs) Fair. The Charlotte that we're looking at today would not be very happy if she was being teased. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess we've sort of also touched on this a little bit, but my last question is, how do you know it's the right time for you to have sex? Yeah. Because again, Samantha on off, Charlotte, date number three. (laughs) Yeah. Well, date number three. And then also like right back into bed, even though it didn't exactly end how she wanted it to. And so recognizing that like in a relationship, you can choose to put it on pause if there's some issue you need to work through or some space you need to figure out where your head's at, you know? Yeah. And I mean, right. That didn't even occur to me when I was watching this, that we basically see Charlotte just in bed with this guy. (laughs) Like repeatedly, Uh, they do take a break and go to dinner. Yes. During which she has some delicious swordfish. Yes. But we don't really see them like on dry land much. We just see them like, you know, in successive bedroom situations (laughs) and without allowing for a lot of reflection or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, you know, like you said – If Charlotte just, you know, she's on a mission. She wants to get married. She's, you know, cruising through the rules. And, you know, we know that if a guy doesn't want to have as much sex with her, she gets, you know, concerned about that. We remember, you know, her asking the guy on Prozac last season, wouldn't you want to go off of it for me? Because, you know, not having sex has some real implications for her, too. Which, I mean, it clearly does for Carrie, too, right? That she jumps right from, like, This guy is clearly sort of like invested, spending the time, showing up, you know, making the effort, gave me a second chance after the whole smoking deal breaker debacle, like we enjoy each other's company. And yet because we haven't had sex yet, because we haven't done this, crossed this one boundary, it can't possibly be romantic. Yeah, definitely. I, I spend all of my time with this person dissecting. Dissect, yeah, like categorizing is- their behavior. Yes. Which I yeah. mean, look, like no judgment. I think we've all been there too. You know, we've all yeah. been in the gray area where we're like, does it? Does he like me or does he not like me? Like, what does this mean? Da, 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 right? Like, but I don't think there's a whole lot of gray area with our friend Aiden. Yeah. I mean, or at least the show doesn't allow there to be gray area. Like, what if Aiden actually is just trying to figure out how he feels? Well, right. He tells us, you know, I want to, you know, make this something real and something meaningful. And like, that's fine. He does speak up about that. But like, isn't it okay if the guy just doesn't quite know yet? (laughs) Well, yeah, isn't it okay if the guy just doesn't quite know yet? And he doesn't want to do this physical act until he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So... That's how we answer the question of are we sluts? We figure out (laughs) We throw that question out the window and substitute healthier and more useful questions. Yes. Because, I mean, like, yeah. 
like I said, problematic in many ways. But honestly, sort of like last week, when you dig a little deeper, it opens the door to do some serious thinking about how this one particular aspect of romantic relationships can and should for you, should for you, I want to make that clear, not should for everyone, should for you fit in in any given moment. Well, I do think the are we sluts thing comes from the fact that this was a real moment. I mean, Sex in the City yes. has become entrenched now, right? It's in its third season. Yes. It's actually a thing. It's becoming part of the zeitgeist. And there probably was a lot of chitter chatter at the time. Like, this is just a show about sluts. This is just a show about women who don't respect themselves. This is just a show about whatever, yes. right? And so I do think that there's a little bit of that, like a question of that time. But at the same time, it's not like it's gone away. No, in some ways, actually, like, I feel like it's gone through this thing where it kind of bubbled up to the surface. And now it's gone back to being sort of quiet judgment, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's not really cool to judge that. And so then people just don't speak about it, but actually are doing the judging quietly, which I'm not sure that's better, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, look, it wouldn't surprise me if the title of this episode is actually, like, from a writer's perspective, directly based on some article that was like, these women are just, you know, this isn't any sort of like actual examination of relationships or anything. These are just people who are promiscuously sleeping around, right? Yeah. And that this is sort of their response to that. Some early aughts think piece. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and, you know, so like, you know, and we've talked about this a little bit, and you have to put it in the context. And I mean, I think what the real value comes from actually just ha- like we've just done having the conversation and being able to think individually about where you fall on what what's right for you. I mean, there is no number that is the wrong answer. And there is no number that is the right answer. And what I like about Miranda and Steve is although Miranda is a little bit sort of like reticent to share it didn't turn into this big storyline of like, he has so many more than me, or like, it's too many, or I need more. Mm-hmm. Or It just becomes their numbers are their numbers, which yeah. really is how it needs to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So to recap, our coaching questions this week were, what does sex mean to you? Number two was, what else defines a romantic relationship besides sex? And Carrie had the nice add-on of like, and what else do you want it to be? And then number three, how will you know it's the right time for you to have sex? Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next week for another episode. Hey everyone, it's Becky. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, you can support us by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and by following us on Facebook or Instagram at coaching.carry.podcast. Thanks for being a listener. It's Becky. To connect with me, the easiest way is to head over to my website at untanglehappiness.com. There you can learn more about the services I offer, as well as get additional information about my book, The Happiness Recipe, a powerful guide to living what matters. I look forward to connecting with you. Hey, it's Carrie. I would love to connect with you out in the world at carriewalshcoaching.com. There you'll find more information about me, coaching, blog posts, and an opportunity to sign up for my newsletter. Or if you or your company is looking for executive coaching, you can check out theatalantagroup.com for more information. That's the A-T-A-L-A-N-T-A group.com.